It's something really important. They really need 
appointed. So you see, there's nothing that's really non-essential to everyone, especially to the Lord. You know, uh, we have children, and, and I've talked about this before. We love, if you've got more than one child, you can relate to what I'm talking about this morning. If you have three or four children, or I met a lady yesterday that there was 14 children in her family. And she said her mother lost two uh, children, still born. They would have had 16, but they... Laura was graceful enough to let them have 14 children. And you just think about 14 children. Now don't think about it. I'm going to make your hair fall out. <laughs> but just think about raising 14 kids trying to get to school. And then they were all, they didn't all go the same because they were 14, at least 14 years different to the oldest and youngest. But you just think about having those children. And what I'm getting at is if you've got more than one child, there's one of one of those children that you just click with. You can you just bond with them. Just y'all can just talk, you can agree. If you see each other once a year, every three or four years or whatever, and there's families like that that don't get to be with one another. But every time they see one another, they just click. They're just like parents. Just as soon as they get together. Just, and everything's just fine. But you'll have that one that just, just seems like every time you get around them, it's just boom. You just you hit head on. But you love that child just as much or more as you do that one that you just fun with all. Because you have compassion and you feel sorry for the for the others. Amen. And y'all seen this in families. If you don't have more than one child, you've been around people that have more than one child. And you know what I'm talking about. And there's always one in that family that said, well, mom and daddy always loved them better than they did me. And you know, I, I told y'all this story. We were at my mother's one time for Christmas years ago. And uh, my sister was there and both of my brothers uh, was there. And I went over there, and I, I'm the baby of the family. I know y'all can't tell it. I don't have that. But I was the baby. And my oldest brother was 19 years older than me. My other brother was 12 years older than me. And my sister was 9 years older than me. And then Mom saved the best for last. She kept saying, I believe I can do better. So I walked over there, and I put my arm around Mother right in front of Tom and Rooster and Jenny. And I said, Mom, I said, I've kept your secret for all these years. I said, I haven't told one of these other kids that you love me more than you do them. And boy, my sister hit the front door. Sure, out on the porch she went. Her face got red. Upset her. And I wasn't trying to upset her. I was just joking. Well, Tom and Rooster both just, they thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And the biggest thing was because she got up and run out on the porch. They, they enjoyed that, you know, for a little bit. But, but we love each other. But me and Jenny has always been the two in the family that we kind of, we kind of bump heads. Love her to death. She loves me to death. They wouldn't need nothing in the world we wouldn't do. But me and Tom, we always got along really well. Me and my oldest brother got along really well. But me and Jenny, because we were the closest in age, we kind of bump heads. We don't just think just alike. We don't just agree on everything. But we love one another. 
That's where I'm going this morning. There is no non-essential brother, no non-essential sister, no non-essential child. We're all part of God's kingdom and God loves every one of us just as much as He loves anybody else. Right. And God is the only one that can do that. Because people will get on our nerves, they'll wear us out, they'll pull us down and drag us down if we're not careful. And the next thing you know, we will allow something to get within our hearts and our minds against that person. And we won't be around them because we're uncomfortable when we get around them. You know what my remedy for that is? Just stay away from them. Don't put yourself in those predicaments. And, and I've told you that I've counseled with people that had marital problems. If you can't talk to a person about a problem or a situation, write them a letter, write it in notes. I told a man and woman one time that was having marital problems, he said, we just can't even talk. I said, you don't need to talk right now. I said, that's such a sore subject between them. I said, sit down and write her a note and tell her we're going to communicate by letter until we get to where we can talk about that. Talk to him six months later or something. He said, man, that's the best advice I've ever got in my life. He said, we started writing each other little notes and passing back and forth to each other about their problem and about their situation. Next thing you know, we got to really talk about it without getting ill, without getting mad. There's a way that we can communicate if we do it God. There's a way that we can see where non-essential people or non-essential things in our life can become essential. There may be a time you need something that you don't think you need now. Amen? And there's something that you've got hidden in your garage today that somebody else is looking for. Amen? There's something in your life that God has done for you. Something that God has blessed you with that you can bless others with. And you may think it's non-essential. You may think it's silly about some of the things that God's done for you. But I guarantee you, you look across the countryside and there's somebody in a position right now that they'd like to hear some of your stories of what God has done for you. Amen. In chapter 16, 1 Samuel, y'all know the stories. Children of Israel wanted a king. Everybody else has got a king. Why can't we have a king? We want a king. They got a king. Give us a king. Samuel, the prophet, God told him to anoint Saul as king against his discretion. He anointed him king. And it was just detrimental to the kingdom of what happened. But they wanted that. So God gave them. A lot of times we desire things and we want things and we think that what we want, that boy, this would just be finding that. If I just had one of them, I would be happy. Well, when you get one of them, most of the time it'll come with a payment book about that thing. And after a year, the only thing new about it is the payment book, and that went down anyway. You know what I'm talking about? That's what happens. The things that we think we really want are essential really could be a non-essential. We really didn't need that as bad as we thought. But God has a way. Alright, it says in verse 1, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? 
And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And he said, Peaceably I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eli. And if you read and study this story, you will find out Elias was one of the big brawny ones in the guy. Like, uh, what was that, Mr. Clean? That guy used to be on all them bottles and stuff and these mountain men on these paper towels. I can't remember what that was, but Mr. Brawny, big old guy. This guy, boy, he looked like a king. I mean, he had all the looks. He was a big old tall, dark, complexion, probably had a lot of hair, you know. It looked good. Everybody thought, man, this looks like a king. And there he comes up before Samuel. Samuel didn't feel anything about him. He thought, the Lord said, this is not the one. Let me read on. And said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. That's what Samuel thought. This is God to be the man. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance are on the height of his stature, because I have refused it. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this. See? Think about that now. Oh, Jesse's thinking. Out of all my boys, I'm going to send this biggest, tallest, best-looking one I got first. You see the list? He put, he ranked from top to bottom. He was putting the non-essentials way down on the bottom. Well, this can never be a king. This little old scrawny fellow can never be a king. It's got to be one of my big boys. We think, think about that. All right. And Jesse made... Shalom to pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen him. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen this. You filled out your list, and you marched these fine-looking young men right in here before me in the order that you thought. Nelson said something here a while back in their different pecking order. Amen. That means to rank people or put them where they in their place, so to speak. A lot of times we get out of the will of God when we try to rank people and we try to rate people. Well, this preacher will never make it. This church will never make it. That singer will never make it. This music group will never make it. This won't make it. We're calling them non-essentials. We're putting them on our non-essential list that we could really do without them. We really don't have to have them. We can get by without them. Amen? Alright. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass by, and the Lord did not choose a one. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? We say it in America, Are all your children here? But that's why they spoke back in Bible. Are here all thy children. And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. 
and Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. <coughs> this thing's not over. We're not going to give up. The Lord sent me here to anoint one of your sons as king, and we're not going to leave here. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to relax until we get what God sent me here done. Amen. I could preach a thousand sermons. A little slumber, a little sleep, hand holding in the hands. Could fit right in with it. Lots of sermons you could tie in with this this morning. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and willow of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. The last one on the list. The last one that, that Jesse thought could ever be king of Israel was the one God had chosen. Amen. So we need to look at ourselves this morning and think about where we are. And, and a lot of people are very humble. A lot of people are very weak. And they put themselves on the bottom of the list a lot of times. You know people like that. Got low self-esteem. They think, well, I'll never be able to do this. I can't do this. When I was eight or nine years old, if you told me that I would be pastor, and that I'd be the pastor of four or five different churches, and that I would step out of faith and trust God to, to bless us with the buildings and put me in the, uh, as a pastor, I said, there's no way I can do that. I was shy. I was bashful when I was young. I didn't like to get up in front of people. I didn't like to talk in front of people. And all of a sudden, when the Spirit of the Lord got a hold of me in 1986, and I started reading and studying and praying uh, and seeking the will of God in my life, God began to put boldness in me. God began to give me grace. God began to give me mercy and everything else that He's promised me because I belong to Him. I'm one of His. God didn't have me on a non-essential list. God had me on a list, and He knew what He was going to do with my life just like he knows what he's going to do with your life. Nobody in this building, nobody in the world is more important than anyone else. In God's eyes, we're all number one on the list. I don't believe God is righteous from big and great down to the smallest. Amen? But God talks about vessels of honor in this one. But they're all vessels. We're all children of God. We're either trying to follow after the Lord and be pleasing to the Lord, or either we're rejecting His will and His ways. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning that the Lord saw fit one day to knock on your heart's door and invite you into His earthly kingdom and give you a place in glory to live in His heavenly spiritual kingdom forever and ever? Isn't it wonderful? I read the scripture last week. We don't need to be rejoicing because we got power on the devil. Jesus said that. But you ought to be rejoicing because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. 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 This old life down here is where our lives is like a vapor. It appears for a little while, then it vanishes away. Amen. Our spirits are going to be reunited with the Lord from where we came from in the beginning. We'll be back with Him forever and ever according to this word of God. Amen. And I believe and I'm thankful for it. So, what my closing thought is, do not think of yourself as being on the bottom 
of a non-essential is because even if you are, God may just pass by everybody else on the list and pick you. God can use you, whoever, wherever, and whatever you are and your circumstances because he loves us. Sister Abby, would you go? Thank <laughs> you. 